Romans chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity Thou hast given this side of eternity to preach your holy word. Lord, I realize that I'm nothing in myself. I know, God, I pray for wisdom and the power of the Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord, to be a help, to be a blessing to your people. And, Lord, that you'd teach us the things that we need to know today. Save uh, those that are nearing eternity without God. And, Lord, just minister to every heart today in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak to you today on the judgment of God. Uh, this message is uh, not a very popular message, I guess, with some people. But nevertheless, it is a message that needs to be preached. The Bible says in Isaiah 30, verse 18, For the Lord is a God of judgment. Sin must be judged. The Apostle Paul preached this message in Acts 24, 25, and as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Felix planned to be saved, but uh, he waited too late. And then in John 16 and verse 8, and when He has come, talking about the Holy Spirit, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So this is a part of the work of God's Holy Spirit as well as the Word of God. Now Christ will be the judge. The Bible said in John 5, 22, For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment, unto the Son. And then in Acts 17, 30 and 31, the Bible said, He commandeth all men everywhere to repent. So when we fail to repent, then we are disobeying a direct command of God. 
And he tells us why in the following verse, verse 31, because he hath appointed a day in the which he would judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Talking about Jesus Christ. And in Acts 10, 42, and he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. Now, when you see this phrase in the Bible, you find it several times, the quick and the dead. Uh, what is he talking about? He's talking about those that are living. The quick means those that are alive and those that are saved. Uh, the dead means those that are unsaved. With that in mind, there is two distinct judgments uh, for believers and unbelievers. The average person thinks, well, uh, the Lord's coming. The, the, that'll be the end of the world and good people's going to heaven, bad people's going to hell and, and uh, there'll be a one general resurrection, a one general judgment. Everybody's going to be raised at the same time. Everybody's going to be judged at the same time. And yet the Bible does not teach that at all. The Bible teaches that there are a thousand years between the two resurrections. The resurrection of the saved and the resurrection of the unsaved will be separated by a thousand year period of time. And therefore, they will be judged at different times. Now, in reality, there is no judgment to determine heaven or hell for the believer. That is a future judgment. That is determined in this world. Before you leave this world, your eternal destiny is determined. The Bible said, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so before a person dies, they're already judged, depending upon what they do with Jesus Christ. So the judgment for the believer is not a judgment to determine destiny, but it is a judgment to determine rewards. And this is called the judgment seat of Christ. In Romans 14 and verse 10, the Bible said we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of the deeds done in the body. 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And he goes on and he said, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. People say, well, if there is no judgment to determine eternal destiny, whether you go to heaven or hell, then does it really matter how you live as a Christian? It matters a great deal. Paul writes about the judgment seat of Christ as a time of terror for some. Hebrews said it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And so to have to stand and give an account to the Lord of the deeds done in the body is an awesome thought. And yet that is something that every believer in this building will one day have to experience. You will not have to stand there for what I do. Neither will I stand there for what you do. But we will give an account of ourselves unto God. And uh, this is a, 
And when I think of it, I'm overwhelmed by the thought of it. That standing before the Lord and giving account of every thought, you think of the thoughts that you've had. Would you be embarrassed today if some of the thoughts that have run through your mind were publicly exposed and presented today? There probably would not be a person in this building, but what would suffer embarrassment? The Bible said that every idle word that men shall speak, they'll give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Having to face God for every word, that that's been spoken in secret. The Bible said that that is spoken in the ear will be proclaimed on the housetop. And every deed that we've done and every undeed thing that we ought to be doing of having to meet God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3 that it will be tried by fire. And so the judgment seat of Christ that we all must stand before. Uh, no high-priced lawyer will get you off there. This will be a judgment for self. This will be an individual judgment. And we'll have to give an account for The O.J. Simpson case has been much in the news lately. Of course, it's been about all there is uh, on and a lot of uh, emphasis is placed upon that trial and it remains to be seen, I guess, the outcome. And, uh, but this judgment uh, will certainly not be like that one. Then for the unbeliever, there is a different judgment. The Bible says in Revelation 20, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the book. And uh, it said, The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And so that awful day of judgment of standing before God and giving an account, those that are unsaved, those that have left God out of their life and chose a life of sin without God, will one day stand before the Lord for judgment and judgment will be meted out according to their works and according to the word of God. Now the Bible teaches when a person dies without Christ, they go immediately to hell. And so they spend their, those years in hell while the millennial reign of Jesus Christ is transpiring upon this earth. And then after all that time in the fires of hell, they are brought out of hell. That's the reason it said death and hell. Death claims the body, hell claims the soul. And death and hell delivers up the souls and bodies and they stand before God for judgment. There will be degrees of punishment in the lake of fire. Some will suffer greater than others because of the opportunity they've had. And uh, those that have not uh, had as much opportunity will not suffer as severe a judgment. Of course, it will all be bad. There will be no good places there. But what an awful thought to have to stand there to give an account of before God and with no hope 
Nobody will be saved at the white throne judgment. No, nobody will be lost at the judgment seat of Christ. The white throne judgment, all are unsaved. And all will go to the lake of fire because their names are not in the book of life. Now these judgments that we've talked about here, we learned some things from our text today about these judgments. First of all, in verse 2, we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. The judgment of God is according to truth. Now man, judgment is not always that way. You know, in, a, in our court system, the whole idea of a trial is to get to the truth, to bring out the truth. But sometimes the truth is not even permitted to be given. Sometimes the truth is, is uh, misused and, and uh, people that have committed terrible crimes are able to escape on technicalities. There'll be none of that at the, the white throne judgment of God. This judgment will be based on absolute truth. It will be according to truth. The Bible said in Psalm 19, verse 9, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. I believe he's referring to the Word of God. And he talks about the books are there. He's talking about the books of the Word of God will be there uh, at this judgment. Isaiah 42, verse 3, he shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Revelation 16, verse 7, true and righteous are thy judgments. Revelation 19, verse 2, for true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore. In John 12, 48, he said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judges him the word that I have spoken. The same shall judge him in the last day. I think of the times that I have preached and the times that God has dealt with sinners. And uh, the, the word of life has been given. The Bible said, holding forth the word of life. The word of truth is given forth and opportunity is offered for sinners to come to Christ. And then I think of those that reject it. That the very message of life will become a message of judgment. The message of salvation will be a message of damnation. What an awful thought. And yet it will be so. The word Jesus said, those he that rejecteth me receiveth not my words, hath one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. The judgment of God is according to truth. Not only that, but the judgment of God is according to righteousness. Verse number five, but after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. God's judgment is righteous. I want to say to you that whatever God does will be right. God cannot do otherwise. God cannot and will not do wrong. His judgment will be right. Nobody will be able to stand in that day and say, God, you're not fair. This is not right. 
Every man will have to bow and say, God is righteous in his judgment. And so even those that go to hell will be a testimony to the righteous judgment of God. You know, how bad are we? How bad of sinners are we? I think of how awful sin is. The Bible said the law was given that man might understand the awfulness of sin, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. You know, one thing about our day is uh, we, have, uh, we have lost that awfulness of sin. Jeremiah said they have a whore's forehead. They refuse to blush. We live in a time when homosexuals march the streets proud of their sin. Not ashamed, but proud. When sin is looked at lightly, but I'll tell you, sin's a terrible thing. Go to the cemeteries and you have testimonies all over this world of the awfulness of sin. Go to the prisons and the hospitals and you have all these testimonies of the awfulness of sin. And I'll tell you, the awfulness of sin is revealed more in one place than any other place, and that's the cross of Calvary. The only perfect man that ever lived was nailed to a cross because of our sin and suffered as no man has ever suffered. And then if I could lift the lid of hell this morning and you could hear the awful agony and the awful screams coming out of the pits of, of, the, of, of the lost and hear that awful testimony of the awfulness of hell and the fire where the Bible said the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. You'd have a revelation of how awful sin is. Sin's a terrible thing and I want to say God is righteous in judging sin. And how bad are we we're bad enough to deserve that awful punishment. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. It wasn't. The Bible said it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, it's never made sense to me why anyone would choose hell when they can have heaven. Why anyone would go to hell when they don't have to. They can be saved and forgiven. Jesus has paid the debt, has already died and rose from the grave, and all that needs to be done for every man's salvation has been done. The only thing left to do is to receive it. And so, uh, but uh, sin is such a terrible thing that it deserves the punishment of eternal hell. That's how bad it is. It's an awful thing. God is righteous in judging sin. The Bible teaches in the book of Psalms uh, 119, there are several verses that talk about this. Verse number 75 says, I know, O Lord, that thy, thy judgments are right and that thine faithfulness has afflicted me. Psalm 106, uh, verse 106, I have sworn and will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. 137, righteous thy art thy, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Verse number 160, Thy word is true from the beginning. Every one of thy righteous judgments endured forever. 
164, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. And many other verses could be given. I want you to turn your Bible to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians in chapter number 1. That's page 1271 if you have a Schofield reference Bible. 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 5. He said, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you suffer, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. And flame and fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord, from the glory of His power, when He shall come to be glorified in His saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because their testimony among you was believed in that day. There we have God's eternal Word testifying to the righteous judgment of God, that God is righteous in judging sin, and God will judge sin by fire. Then not only that, but the judgment of God is according to deeds in verse number 6 of Romans 2, who will render to every man according to his deeds. Man says, all I want is what's coming to me. Boy, I'll tell you, I don't want that. All I want is what I deserve. I don't want what I deserve and I don't want what's coming to me. If I got that, I'd be in hell for sure. You know what I received? I received mercy. You know what mercy is? Mercy is not getting what you deserve. That's mercy. And grace is receiving that you don't deserve. I don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve to be a child of God but I'm a child of God by the grace of God. And I'm not in hell today by the mercy of God. God had mercy. And so the judgment of God is according to deeds. Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 9, But know thy that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. If you read that in the context in Ecclesiastes, he talks about, of course, in that book about the vanity of life the vanity of living for this world. You know, does it make sense for one to be born and live one's life with no thought of eternity? And, uh, you know, I, I look at my life and I wonder how I got this old. It don't seem like I ought to be this old. It don't seem like I've been here this long. And probably people that are older than I am could say the same thing. They could say, uh, you know, it, it, it just looks like it, it, it is just a few days. The Bible said it's like a vapor uh, that comes and passes away. And life is so short and life is so uncertain. Does it make sense to live Solomon, a man who, who had it all, who had great wisdom, who had many wives, 700 wives, 300 concubines, who had great riches, who had everything that this world seeks after, and yet he wasn't happy. And he said, it's all vanity and vexation of spirit. And he writes there in Ecclesiastes. 
and he tells the young people, he said, I want you to enjoy life. You know, God wants you to have a good time. God's not against you enjoying life. You don't have to sin to have a good time. But he said, just remember that God's going to bring it all into judgment. Just remember you're going to meet God and before you commit that act or before you speak that word or before you entertain that thought, just remember you're going to give an account to God. It will be according to deeds. Ecclesiastes 12, 14, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Matthew 12, 36, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. The book of Jude in verse 14 and 15 says this, And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard species which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. You know, I read that verse and the thing that came to my mind, God knows what we do and God knows what we say. Notice he said there uh, that uh, uh, of all their ungodly deeds and uh, of all their hard speeches, God knows all about it. We may fool people, but we don't fool God because God knows. And so we're going to give an account of our deeds at the judgment seat of Christ. It will determine rewards at the white throne judgment of God, it will determine uh, punishment in the lake of fire. And then the fourth thing, God's judgment will be without respect of persons in verse uh, number 11. For there is no respect of persons with God. Now, uh, our judicial system is certainly not perfect, as anyone knows. The fact of the matter is, as in many other, uh, you know, things of life, uh, it's who you know and how much you got. It shouldn't be that way. Uh, if you are rich, if you're popular, uh, you can get things that other people cannot get. I heard someone talking about the Simpson trial. And they said if this had been a normal individual, it would have been over in a week. And judgment would have already been handed down months ago. But here's a, a, here's a sports hero. A, here's a man that is well-known nationwide, even worldwide. Here's a man with unlimited funds, evidently. And here's a man that, uh, uh, you know, can afford the highest price lawyers, not just one, but... Uh, a group of lawyers to defend his case. But I want to tell you, with God, there will be no respect of persons. I don't know where he's guilty or not guilty. But God knows and he knows. And whether he escapes man, if he is guilty, he may get, a, get it by with it, if he is guilty. Uh, and, uh, but I want to tell you, there's another judgment. This is not the end. There's another court, and there's another judgment, and a third judgment. He'll be just another man. 
and he'll have to stand before a holy God and give an account. There is no respect of persons with God. It don't make any difference if you're rich or poor, black or white, male or female. It don't make any difference with God who you are. God will hand down judgment according to truth without respect of persons. There is no respect of persons with God. 1 Peter 1, 17, And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Job 34, 12, Yea, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert judgment. In chapter 1, verse 32, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Here is the ultimate state of apostasy. 23 sins that are mentioned, and yet verse 32 concludes, Knowing the judgment of God, they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And here we are, society today, knowing the judgment of God, yet can sit down and watch television and actually be entertained and enjoy people breaking the laws of God. There's where we're at as a nation. Not only committing sin but enjoying and being entertained by those that committed. What it is that brings people repentance? The Bible said the goodness of God. The fear of judgment is certainly, I think, a step. But the thing that brings to repentance, any person in their right mind don't want to go to hell. But just the fear of hell itself does not bring salvation. We talked to a man Thursday night. I said, if you died tonight, where would you go? He said, I'd probably go to hell. And yet that man did not get saved. He knows he's lost. He knows he's going to hell, and he's still lost. The goodness of God brings man to repentance. When we realize that God, I want to say to you today, that God's never done you wrong. All the wrong, all the heartache, all the sorrow, all the suffering, all of that, mark that up to sin and the devil. He's behind it all. The Bible said every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is by his very nature good. And God's never done me wrong. And when a person realizes that all the good that they have in life, all the good that they've enjoyed is from a good God and that they have rebelled and sinned against him, then that should bring a person repentance.
I read a story I was studying last night, and I read this story I want to close with. This happened many years ago, but one of the most wealthy businessmen in Dallas, Texas. Uh, his daughter was invited to a revival meeting with a friend. She, of course, was the only child and was to inherit the fortune of her father. And so she went with her friend to the revival meeting. Then she went back a second night, and on the fifth night, God wonderfully saved her. And that young lady, beautiful young lady of that rich businessman, came home and told her mom and dad what God had done for her. And her dad flew into a rage and said, I'm not having a daughter of mine involved in this religious stuff. He said, now you have a choice. It's 10 o'clock tonight. I'll give you to 10 o'clock in the morning to make up your mind. You have to make a choice between daddy and God. And that night, that young lady did not sleep. and She wrestled with that decision. And in the morning, at five minutes till ten, she uh, came downstairs in that beautiful home, went to the piano, and sung a, a hymn. Can't remember the words to it now. And when she got through, Her dad went and flung his arms around his daughter said, if God means that much to you, tell your daddy how to get saved. And dad and mama were wonderfully saved. Let's bow our heads, please.